Welcome to The Gift with Robert Pruitt. This hour will motivate you to understand your significance and live your vision. It's a weekly discussion of a variety of topics designed to help you create a loving world through acts of service and more. Now, here is your host, Robert Pruitt. Welcome to The Gift. Uh, this week, you know, you just I just never know precisely how the shows are going to go, um, and, and I, I do my best to listen to what we call in the scientific world our intuition, but I call it my God voice, because it is that soft-spoken voice that always knows exactly and precisely the right thing to do, right thing to say, right way to go, and um, when... I have the shows. One of the things that I tell all of my guests, like my guest today, who is my pastor, Pastor Chris Owens, um, you know, I don't script it because I don't want it. I don't want to have the same conversation twice. I mean, that's just boring. There's so much more that we can do, um, and I don't want to leave people out there flailing either. So I have some idea that this conversation will reference the the spiritual guidance uh, that so many of us believe in, and certainly as a Christian, you know, I believe in Jesus Christ and I believe in God, but one of the challenges I've had is not imposing that belief on other people, and, I, and, and it doesn't matter whether you're president of SGA or whether you're president of the Black Action Society or whether you are running a nonprofit or a 14, uh, Fortune 500 company, whether you are a teacher, whether you are a parent, um, there is a fine line between um, offering something, extending an invitation, if you will, and imposing. And just before we started this, and, I, and, I'm, and I'm going to formally introduce my guest, but we were talking about me standing in integrity uh, relative to a relationship that I've ended as boyfriend and girlfriend, not as friends, but to take that shift and recognizing that for me the the test or the challenge is to continue seeing and speaking to the loving essence. And I think for some of us who believe in a higher power, whether you call it God, Buddha, Allah, Source, Light, Love, Spirit, we want so badly for people to live a certain kind of life or to experience what we experience, that we bang them over the head with uh, our religious beliefs, uh, as Pastor Chris says, religious traditions, uh, with our ideologies and philosophies about who God is. And, um, and that's brutal. And I think it's one of the reasons why I connected with the Good Witch in the story of the Wizard of Oz, because she shows up at critical moments in Dorothy's journey, and she offers support, and then floats away. You know, and for me, that's always been my experience with that soft-spoken God voice, that it offers, you know, what I could accept. It offers a possibility. It offers, for me, the best choice in the moment. Um, and, and I'm never bashed over the head. And even with something as tenuous as uh, breaking up, and, and it's not just my situation, but I have received so many emails from high schoolers in particular 
talking about their relationships. There's a young lady I like, you know, we've been dating, but, you know, things just don't seem healthy for me. You know, or there's a young lady I like and I'd like to approach her, or there's a relationship I'm in and I'm not, I get it's not healthy for me, how do I exit it? And sometimes when we exit, it can be, or when we no longer choose that relationship or some aspect of it, we can go into preachy mode. You know, oh, well, you know, this is what God's got in store for you. Or if you could really see, you know, the loving essence of me, you'd understand that God would see. And and I think that is detrimental. Matter of fact, it's been my experience that it's been detrimental. So the conversation today is really one centered around how can those of us that call ourselves believers in a higher power serve our God, serve God with integrity, yet not beat people up with what we believe. So I've invited, you know, again, my pastor and and somebody who, for me, serves as an expert. You know, I put people on the show, regardless of their age or their position, that are experts on a particular subject. It's what they do. It's what they're living. And so I'd just like to formally welcome Pastor Chris to the show. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Thanks, Robert. I'm really, really honored to to be with you and uh, to be able to be in conversation with you. I've I've enjoyed every time we've had a chance to to take some time and talk together and to be there for each other. And um, so I've just I'm really I'm just grinning ear to ear here being with you today. Thank you again. Thank you. Hey, it's uh, I again I I appreciate. Uh, not only the conversations we've had, but just the fact that our relationship continues to grow. Mm. And um, I don't know where this conversation is going to go, and I don't, <laughs> I don't really care. We might end up talking about zoo animals at the end of this one. I don't, I don't know. But I tell you what, I want it. Uh, you know, I do not have my hands on the steering wheel. Jesus, take the wheel, <laughs> and uh, let's just let it go. So let me start with this question, mm-hmm. because I've eaten up a considerable portion of this first segment, and we have about six minutes until we get to break. Mm. Um, and I want you to use those six minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, the issue that I'm bringing before you is one's ability to be in integrity with the spiritual being that they call their own mm-hmm. and their desire to serve other people in a way that does not, that is not off-putting. Yeah. Right? You know, a lot of it is wrapped up in motive. Um, and people, for us believers, um, people can read our motives very quickly. And I think that's something that we forget. Um, you know, we, we are a lot more uh, transparent than we think we are. And I remember when I first became a believer, and I, you know, I wasn't raised in church at all. Um, it wasn't until I was almost 18 that um, I, I had any kind of um, exposure to, quote-unquote, you know, organized religion. That's a term I hate, by the way, but, you know, for lack of better words, you know, in a church community. And I remember when I first um, converted, you know, when I gave my life to Jesus Christ and was baptized and I mean, I just wanted to go out and tell the world about it and and uh, get my friends to, to, to be on board with it because it was just so wonderful to, you know, such an experience and a new life that I found, a new direction, a new truth, and I just want everybody to know about it. And, and, uh, 
and in, in result, I ended up turning off a lot of people because I was getting into arguments, and I wanted to just know. I wanted you to see this this way, you know, and, and not that way. But this this is the truth, you know. I've got the truth, and I want you to know it. And uh, and I found myself uh, being kind of annoying and and uh, turning off people. And I've you know, in a, several relationships, I later had to go back and, and fix. And looking back, I see that the problem was that. All of my efforts were really more about me than about them. You know, I wanted them to share something that, with you know, that that I had. You know, so that you know, it was more about me and what I wanted instead of where they are. And and it also it was it was less about God and 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 more about me. Um, I couldn't trust because I just hadn't gotten to that point of my journey yet. That you know, God uh, loved these folks and has created them, and has divinely purposed their lives uh, far, long time before me and my little message came along. Mm-hmm. And um, so, you know, as, as I matured, and I'm, st- you know, that's an ongoing process, as you know, um, as I've, you know, as I continue to grow up, um, you know, I, I, I learn that um, I am who I am as much as I can be with integrity. In other words, I, I just, to the grace that God gives me, you know, I try the very best I can to, to live what I say I believe, you know, and I'm, you know, seeing the glaring differences every day, but also being real about that, too, you know. Um, but in that process to, to when, when I'm working with people, to look at them first, not myself, but them, you know, and, and to, you know, like you mentioned, uh, Glinda the Good Witch um, with, with Dorothy, and, you know, in, in the movie, you know, and that's, I think that's what most people are more familiar with the movie than the book. But with the movie, you know, the first question that Glinda goes up to Dorothy and says, are you a good witch or a bad witch? And, um, you know, I always thought that was a funny question to ask. But, but really, I think what Glinda was trying to do was to, was to get it where Dorothy is. And, and um, in other words, she was curious about her and where she is and, and what she is about. Plus, I got Dorothy asking questions about herself that maybe she hadn't considered before. So all that to say that um, when I'm working with people, I, I, do, I do a lot of listening and watching first to see who they are and also to see you know, how, how is God working in their lives already, you know, to test that out. And, and that's, you know, that does something for that person and for me. It, for them, it shows them that you know I'm not. I, I'm I'm there to try to love them and to and to love them as with with a, with as a person with dignity who has been who has been divinely created by our God, you know, and, and um, as a whole person, um, even before I came onto the scene, you know, because that, that's another thing that that we Christians um, are rightfully blamed for is is uh, looking down on people like I'm here to help you, you know, I'm here, you need my help, you need what I got, I'm on a different plane than you, and and uh, you know, and, and we carry that attitude with people, and people you know pick it up. So quickly, um, but I think if we go at it with an attitude of, of looking at people as as uh, made in the image of God, um, divinely created and purposed, you know, a treasure of God's. Then I spend a lot of my time, like in, in front of an art piece of artwork, you know, getting to know and admire that person for who they are first, and then I allows them then to see who I am, and then that once that relationship of trust and mutuality is there, then we go on the journey together. Of of discovering you know who of who God is and what God is 
you know, divinely purposed for each of us. And, and trusting that God has this whole journey in his hands already, that there's nothing for me to try to manipulate or control. Um, and once I step into control manipulation mode, it all breaks down, you know, with, with trying to... Uh, we're trying to come along and serve other people. Let me put a thumbtack right in that journey piece because we are at our break. Mm. And when we come back, let's pick up because it's a perfect tie-in to the Wizard of Oz and the journey down the proverbial yellow brick road. So we're talking with my guest, Pastor Chris, about how to live a spiritual life of integrity without imposing your spiritual beliefs on another. Uh, we'll get back to that on the other side of the break. You're listening to The Gift. Your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com. Who steps up following natural disasters to help those in need? It could be you. It should be you. It's time for you to step up and be the answer. It's time for you to become a student disaster relief volunteer with the National Relief Network. The National Relief Network helps student groups all across the country to bring aid to families who are struggling to rebuild their lives. Show the world what our generation stands for. Contact the National Relief Network. Call 866-2-VOLUNTEER. That's 866-2-VOLUNTEER. Or visit their website at nrn.org. You can help those in need. The National Student Leadership Conference proudly sponsors The Gift. From our career-focused leadership conferences to our alumni service program, the National Student Leadership Conference is committed to preparing today's exceptional high school students to serve their communities and the world. For more information on our career-focused leadership programs offered in 15 different career areas, visit nslcleaders.org or call 800-994-6752. 800-994-6752. Talk, talk, talk. That's all we do is talk. If you'd like to talk, call us toll-free right now at 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. That's it. That's it. VoiceAmerica.com. You're listening to The Gift with host Robert Pruitt. If you have a question or comment on today's show, please call in to the program at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to Robert at robertpruitt.com. Now, back to The Gift. Welcome back to The Gift. Uh, We are talking about spiritual beliefs, maintaining integrity with whatever we call our higher power, God, love, Allah, Buddha, source, uh, light, spirit, and serving others without imposing our spiritual beliefs on them. Uh, This is a pre-recorded show, so any attempts to contact us live will not uh, work out for you, but you can always email me, Robert at RobertPruitt.com, and we can have our own conversations on the side, or if you want to 
have a question forwarded to uh, my guest, Pastor Chris. Yeah, if it's appropriate, Robert, if if, if uh, you know if you'd like to share my contact information too, I'd be more. I love um, you know conversations with people about these kinds of things. So. Absolutely. Wonderful. Go ahead and give your contact info right now, and then we'll do it again at the end. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm. Uh, you can find me on Facebook, um, Facebook.com/slash/Chris.Owens. Um, um, by email, it's uh, Pastor Chris at F as in Frank, U M as in Mary, C L dot org. That's my my church email address. Um, or I I have a blog too that um, I've had wonderful conversations with people on that, and that's uh, Pastor Chris Owens. Um, dot wordpress.com. So there's a couple different ways to get a hold of me, but uh, love to continue the conversation with anybody you'd like to. Absolutely. And, and let me say this, because I know during the break we were talking about uh, a personal story you have, and I know you have a copy of my book, Out of the Box, Sharing mm. the Gift You Are with the World. And Beautiful today, book. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, today's show is, you know, if you will, associated with the process of even writing that book, um, because there are, as you know, uh, Bible verses for each chapter. Uh, matter of fact, I got a Bible verse that goes with, you know, my, if you will, catchphrase, share the gift you are with the world, because God wanted to remind me that anything that comes out of my mouth has been copyrighted. Um, right, because I Several thousand I was, years ago. Right, exactly. You know, I thought I was brilliant about eight years ago when that flowed out of my mouth, and then somebody just happened to be sending me a daily Bible verse, and then I read the one that said, you know, each of us is to use the gifts that we've been given throughout mm. the world in service to others. I was like, ooh, mm. okay, so let me just quote where that comes from. Um, <laughs> but the book, one of the things that I became concerned with was, is this book going to be preachy? Because that's not what I wanted it to be. I don't have a problem, you know, certainly as a preacher's kid, with me giving a message and presenting a sermon. But there's a huge distinction between a sermon that's designed to provide some degree of awareness and support you in taking action, and me telling you, this is what you have to do. Preach yeah. is how yeah. I find preaching. And one of my friends, kind of like the story that I want to hear from you, uh, is Muslim. Mm. And he said, and I love it, he said it so honestly. His name is Hamza. He said, Prue, i got to let you know, I read your book, and I thought, I'm be honest, before I started reading it, something like I flipped into it and I saw a Bible verse, and, you know, I'm not... Oh, here we go. Yeah, and he was like, oh, Lord, here's somebody going to preach to me. He said, but let me tell you, I read that whole thing, and even in the back of the book where you give your interpretation of what the tornado means and all the, the winged monkeys and all that stuff, and you give Bible verses, he said it was so in alignment with my religious beliefs that it floored me. Mm-hmm. And I found it easy to read your book and to accept the, that Christian standpoint and discipline because you weren't beating me over the head with it. You were simply saying, this is what you were led to connect your interpretation with, coupled with your spiritual belief. And yes. when he said that, I was like, oh, my God, only you could have delivered that because that was my concern. Yeah. You know, Robert, when I hear that, when I, when people use the word preaching, um, you know, you're going to preach at me. Um, you know, often what I find is that what the, 
in my experience, because I've used that before too, is that someone standing above you or over you as impermeable, infallible, um, you know, a, a authoritative, giving you something that you don't have that you need or, or else. And, um, you know, no one likes to be talked to that way. It's been especially like, you know, in our day and age in which everybody questions every authority that's out there, you know, <laughs> um, you know, um, the approach that you took in your book that I really appreciated was um, you, you, you had no bones at all about sharing your own brokenness and your own journey of self-discovery. Um, and so what we see is things that came out of your own story that you're passing along like to a friend who's reading this and saying, look, you know, you use this however you want. This is what I've found, you know, the very profound things I've, I've found, and I just want to share them with, with you in hopes they're a blessing to you. That's a very different approach than, you know, than, than what people traditionally expect of, I'm Robert Pruitt, and uh, here is the manual, and do these five steps and you'll be wonderful. You know, and it's, it's not that way at all. Um, and I think that that's what we... Um, I don't like the word religious, so I'm not going to even use that. But we, we spiritual people who um, who have a, a defined path of spirituality, like for us as, as fellow Christians, you know, for example, I think that's what we need to learn how to do um, is is to um, is to realize that. And someone once said it well: it's like one beggar sharing bread with another beggar. Um, you know, a beggar is someone in need who's always in need, and um, and so we come along people as needy, broken people coming alongside of people who are needy and broken with us saying, I got bread, I'd like to share it with you and, and help you get some more if you'd like. You know, and here's my rye bread. I hope you like rye, but if not, you know, you know what I mean? So it's, it's, um, I think that's the approach we take. And, um, I, I've learned, you know, I, Having not been raised in the church, um, you know, I've had cultural experiences all all over the place, and um, one of the richest ones I've had is with a with a Hindu family uh, who I met. They they own a restaurant, and I love Indian food. Um, you, know, I'm, I'm, you know that, yes, Lord. <laughs> and um, I got to know this family um, really well, and got to be very close friends with them. Well, they're devout Hindus, and um, you know, there's there's a lot of differences between Hinduism and and Christianity. Um, you know. Um, at least the way Christianity has evolved, and um, you know, and I, I, you know, I'm thinking to myself, boy, I'd, I'd, I'd love for them to get to know Jesus, but you know, I, for me to go in and preach that to them, or you know, it just would have been, you know, it would have been appropriate. So, you know, what I found ourselves doing is is listening a lot to each other, um, and I listened a lot because I wanted to learn, you know what they believe, but why they believe. And, um, you know, and to, and to learn to love them as wonderful human beings, which they are already before I came along to the scene, and to develop a, a relationship of trust that, hey, you know, no matter what, who you are, what you believe, what you do with your life, I stand with you and I love you, and I want to help you wherever way I can. You know, and, and they've done that for me. And so we developed a very mutual um commonplace relationship. And um, I remember um, there, was, there was one, uh, two, two brothers in this family who were both in their 20s, and one of them was really struggling with, with issues of, of forgiveness and, and you know, where is God and all of that. And I said, well, you know, I know where you stand but, and where you are, but, um, you know, can I share with you 
what I've experienced God to be here. And I talked about grace um, and how, you know, God, uh, um, there's nothing we can do to earn God's approval. You know, there's nothing we can do to earn God's um, love and God's embrace. Um, we're forgiven already, um, and that and that's grace. You know, and 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 they were just totally, you know, wowed at that. And and then I said, you know, how that grace came about. You know, through through, you know, through Jesus and how he, he himself was is that it was and is that grace and how he offered himself. You know, poured himself out completely for us on the cross and was, you know, risen. Uh, to, to life again, that to raise us, you know, I like to see, you know, within his wings to, to, to new life, and how the, all of that is, is a gift that's sitting right in front of us. All we need to do is, 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 is open it, and when there's, you know, we don't earn it, and they were just floored with this idea of grace, and uh, so we explored it together. Now, you know, <laughs> that they convert to be church-going Christians? No, but that wasn't my that wasn't my goal. You know, I, I wanted God to take whatever I offered and, and use it however God felt he was going to use it in, in their lives. And there may be a point down the road that, that they, that they uh, become believers. But, um, but, you know, I'm not worried about that. Um, that's in God's hands, and, and I'm there simply to, to, to love and to share um, my life and, and how what I've experienced in God has shaped my life. And, and to give that away as much as I can. That's a very different place than the traditional r- role of, say, the missionary and the heathen, you know, um, <laughs> you know, that everybody's afraid, or the evangelist and the street person, you know. Um, I mean, it's a very different place um, because we're talking about relationships, mutuality, trust, and, um, you know, and they've been able to offer things to me um, blessings and grace to me that I didn't have before, you see? And that was God working through them with me. So I guess the point is, like I said before, it's all about motivation and um, attitude is a big thing, you know, and and, um, and what we're in it for, which, again, goes, goes back to motivation. Um, so, and I know you've had experiences with, with all your travels working with people, too, so I'm sure that you've got, you know, your own angle on these things too. I'd be curious to see what you know, <laughs> how your experience has relates to mine, or, or how it differs. Yeah, I can. We had about two minutes or so before break, so let me share this one. That in two thousand, in the fall of two thousand four, I was blessed to go to India, mm-hmm. and uh, I brought my three day leadership training to one hundred leaders in a company called Shahi Export House. So if you look in the lining of your clothing and it says made in India, it was probably made at Shahi. Mm. And they had uh, 50 leaders in Delhi, which is the capital of India, and mm-hmm. then in southern southern part of India in Bangalore. So I got to travel to the two places. But in the first one, that's where they had a dinner in my honor. Mm. Which, you know That floored me because, again, God will... <laughs> We have each been given gifts that we are to use throughout the world. So here I am being sent to India, and at this event, I'm like, well, thank you for it being in my honor, but what is it that you intend? And they were like, well, we'd like you to just talk to us about leadership. And they had the head of Gap and Target International, Mm. the head of 
the Bank of India, the owner of the Bank of India, was, I mean, you know, all of these dignitaries. Mm. And there's a woman who stands up. I love it. Only God could do this for me. I'm sorry. There just are no accidents. And she said, well, you know, you've said a lot about leadership and serving others. How do you know there's a God? Mm. And I thought for just a nanosecond with this hit. I'm sure if somebody had been recording it, you could play it back and see that there is a smile on my face. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, you were asking me to show my ownership of you mm. and to do so in a way where it's not even about me. Mm. Wow. Mm. And uh, so I'll tell you more when we get back from the break. Mm. You're listening to The Gift right here on Voice America. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. The National Student Leadership Conference proudly sponsors The Gift. From our career-focused leadership conferences to our alumni service program, the National Student Leadership Conference is committed to preparing today's exceptional high school students to serve their communities and the world. For more information on our career-focused leadership programs offered in 15 different career areas, visit nslcleaders.org or call 800-994-6752. 800-994-6752. Who steps up following natural disasters to help those in need? It could be you. It should be you. It's time for you to step up and be the answer. It's time for you to become a student disaster relief volunteer with the National Relief Network. The National Relief Network helps student groups all across the country to bring aid to families who are struggling to rebuild their lives. Show the world what our generation stands for. Contact the National Relief Network. Call 866-2-VOLUNTEER. That's 866-2-VOLUNTEER. Or visit their website at nrn.org. You can help those in need. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your question. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. You're listening to The Gift with host Robert Pruitt. If you have a question or comment on today's show, please call in to the program at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to Robert at robertpruitt.com. Now, back to The Gift. Welcome back to The Gift and our conversation with Pastor Chris, who is my pastor, uh, right here in Laurel, Maryland. First United Methodist Church. Yes, sir. And uh, and um, I I have asked him to come in not to explain or convince anything, but rather for us just to be in the question: How do we serve our God with integrity? How do we serve our God, maintain integrity, yet not impose? Our will, and one of the things I, I want to talk about in this segment is there are places where we do impose our will, and we deem it necessary, like with our children. Mm-hmm. Uh, but before the break, I said I would finish up the India story, so let's do that, and we'll we'll figure out how to put all this together. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So the woman stands up and says, you know, again, you've spoken to us about leadership and serving others, but how do you know there's a God? And I, I, I smiled for a minute. I learned years ago that if there's a moment where the wind blows and it feels like I'm about to be uprooted, just to stand mm. in silence and let the roots do what they do. And mm. if they're deep enough, I'm not coming out the ground. Mm. And so I sat, I stood in silence, which for me seemed like an eternity, of course, mm. but I was unwavered in my knowing that, and, and it comes from, and I want to say again, it's from the book of Isaiah or Luke, you know, in that hour it shall be given you what to say. Yes. And my father used to say it over and over, and that was one of those moments where I was like, this isn't about me, mm. so I don't need to give a quick response. I'm not fearful of it. I'm just waiting for you, Lord, to tell me what you want me to say. Mm. And so I gave examples. You know, my sponsor is the National Student Leadership Conference, mm -hmm. and there was, there's an activity that I do that's uh, one's a trade-up activity another one is just sharing your vision actually both involve uh, involve sharing your vision but what will happen is I will ask for volunteers that want to stretch themselves uh, do something that is outrageous in a leadership context without knowing what it is and I'll take about 25 people then I will tell them you have 15 minutes when I say go to go outside and you know, walk up to a stranger and say, may I share my vision for the world with you? If they say yes, you share your vision, engage in whatever dialogue is natural. And if they say no, you say thank you, and then you move on. Mm. And so you can see youth and adults, their eyes just, you know, they get big. There are some people that will even ask, like, do I have to do this? And I was like, no, <laughs> there are no have to. But understand, I didn't tell you what it was up front, yet you got up and came. So there's a reason for this. So I invite you to just trust the process without knowing. Mm. And so the kids came out. One girl came back on one occasion bawling. And she was like, Mr. Pruitt, you've got to let me speak. You've got to let me speak mm. first. Because whenever they come back in, I allow them to share with the larger group. And she said, my vision for the world is to promote healthy living and lifestyles for women in particular. Mm. And she said, I looked around and I talked myself out of going to different people. There was a woman sitting on the bench. I knew my time was almost up. And I walked over to her, and when I sat down, I recognized that she had a cigarette. And I asked, may I share my vision? And it seemed like she appeased me, but she said, yeah, anyway. And I began sharing my vision. I was looking at this cigarette. Mm. And when I shared with her about my love of women having healthy bodies, she turned around and said, she said, the woman said, with tears in her eyes, I'm about to do the hardest thing I've ever done in my life. And she puts out the cigarette and hands the girl the cigarette butt and says, I quit smoking. Wow. Wow. And so that girl came in mm. to me with tears. And I said, so for me, she could not plan that. Why? Because when she left, she was operating out of, I can't do this. What's the purpose of this? This is a dumb activity. All that negative stuff we carry with right, us every right. single day we go through life. But mm -hmm. there she sat down on a bench, much the way Dorothy met, for me, aspects of herself as she walked down that yellow path. Mm -hmm. She mm -hmm. met a mirror reflection of her vision mm. and had such a powerful conversation that even in that moment, she never doubted if the woman was telling the truth or not. Mm. She accepted it as the truth and came back in to reveal for me 
what God had created, because we couldn't plan that. The other yeah, there one, must have been this. something, too, with the way she shared that vision, too. Um, Absolutely. You know, the attitude in which she came to that conversation. You know, obviously one of great humility because she was scared. But I think that was probably the secret of it. Yes. Um, she didn't come there to talk down to her. She was scared, and so you know, when you're scared, it kind of puts you automatically in a, in a position of humility. And so I, I never... Um, I'm afraid of being scared in a confrontation. I kind of w- welcome it because it keeps me humble. <laughs> Isn't that great? You know, I, I, I fret for myself more when I'm going into a confrontation or going into a, a conversation and I'm not scared. I'm totally confident. Then I tend to make mistakes, you know. So Wonderful. Well, let, me, let me share this last one, and then I, I want to talk about what we talked, mm-hmm. spoke about during the break. I shared that example, and the second one is even shorter. There's a gentleman, a young lady, another young lady that came in, and she said, um, um, you know, I'd like to share too. And you, I could tell that the emotions were, you know, presenting themselves, manifesting themselves as tears. So she got up in front of this audience of about 300, and she shared, you know, here's my vision. And I went to different people, and they were like, no, or yeah, and they listen, and, you know, and there was one guy, and I was committed to asking him boldly. And he was like, well, you know, I'm on my way to class or something across campus. And she said, may I walk with you? Mm. <laughs> and he said, well, yeah, okay, sure. So she's, they're walking. She's sharing her vision. She said he stops, turns to her, says, starts to share his story about how he was taking care of his mother, and the first time he ever really gave a thought to a vision was when his mother was on her deathbed, literally, not on deathbed three weeks and dying, like taking her last breaths. And she shared her vision for him. Mm. And at the same time, handed him a necklace that had a cross on it and ended it with, uh, essentially, you will know who to give this to. It was relative to the vision she had she had for his life or was revealing, expressing. Mm-hmm. And then she, she passes away shortly thereafter. Wow. So 12 years later, this young lady is walking with this guy on campus, gets his attention. He forgets all about where he's going, shares the story of his dying mother's vision, and then takes the necklace off and gives it to her. Mm. That wow. child wept. And that's just, I mean, I could that's... go on for hours. Yep about the number of these, and that's what I shared in India, where only 2% of the population is Christian. Mm. But what they got was, yeah, there's a guy whose religious practice, if you will, or tradition, is that of a Christian, but what we share in common is this belief in what we call God, a supreme Mm -hmm. being that knows all, sees all, and can direct us if we surrender to that will. That's right. And that room shut down, Pastor Chris. Mm. And that woman that asked me that question came up at the end, and she said, thank you, I just left. I think she, was, she just left something that she had done before she came to our event, some prayer circle that she was in uh, prior to the event. And she said, everything you said is confirmation of what I believe. Yeah. yeah. Serving somebody else while being in integrity with God, not compromising who I am, what I believe, but yet not pounding 150 people over the head. Right, right. You know, and the sharing of story um, and, uh, you know, shows, shows people without, without uh, you know, preaching down to them, but kind of invites them into 
um, your reality into into your story, um, and 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 again that puts you on a on a place of mutuality. You're you're inviting them to join you on a journey of of hearing a story, kind of like the way the students were inviting other people into a journey of of hearing their vision, you know. And there will always be people who. Um, will will shut it off or not care. But I don't think that's most people. I think most people are looking, searching, seeking for something greater or bigger. They just may not know where to find it yet. Um but uh, but you, both your approach and your student the students you were working with their, their approach was was inviting people into uh, into a story. You know, and and that's really that's the way the church began its work was was sharing a story. Not um, trying to beat people into uh, their version of truth, but sharing a story. Let me tell you about this this guy from Nazareth and what he did and what he did for me, and the, and the, and that was that was the message, you know. Um, and I think that's the way we we hold on to our integrity in the middle of all this. You know, um, some people who may be listening to our conversation may think, well, you know, it just sounds so relativistic. You know, everything goes, everyone's truth is truth, and you're just kind of compromising what you believe to, you know, to with others. And, and no, I, I never I never feel that way. Um, I, I know who who I am. I, I know whom God has created to be. I'm continuing to discover all of those things, by the way. I'm know it for where I am, you know, 36 years old, you know, on this day and time. But, um, but I know, and I know what I, what I believe about who God is and what God has done in, in Jesus Christ. Um, and so I hold all of that when I'm in conversations with people and, and that's who I am. And, and it's, they also know that's who I am too. Um, but the, uh, so the integrity is, you know, being able to listen um, and also knowing who you are and knowing what you believe. Um, and I, I think that catches people by surprise that you can do both things, that you can, you can listen and embrace people while knowing who, who you are and what you believe. A great example of that is none other than, than Jesus himself. And I keep thinking, as, as we've been talking, one image has been coming to mind for me of when uh, Jesus um, came into Jerusalem on Palm Sunday, on the last week of his life, and how when he went into the temple, he, like you said, imposed his will, you know, in a very strong way. You know, he overturned the, the tables and the, of the, uh, the money changers and, um, you know, and you know, got after people for, you know, turning this temple of, of, of his father into a den of, of thieves and robbers. You know, you remember all that? Oh, yeah. And, um, and a lot of people have used that um, to say, to justify their own righteous anger and conviction um, in their, in their quote-unquote imposition on other people. Um, but there's a difference there. Uh, in other words, people have used that to say to uphold their own righteous anger and their own need to stand up and to get in people's faces and say what's right and what's wrong. The difference, however, that we often forget is, and, and Luke tells the story very well of how uh, when Chris, Jesus... Hmm? Hold that. Oh. And in Luke, because when we come back from break in our last segment, I want you to invite you to do two things. Share that story of Luke, because it gives us an example of what we can do. And if there are any specific tips that you would like to share with us that would allow us to strengthen our ability to serve others, maintain our integrity, or be in right relationship with God, I invite you to do both of those 
on the other side of the Sounds bridge. great. My man. So we're listening, of course, to The Gift right here on Voice America. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your question. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. The National Student Leadership Conference proudly sponsors The Gift. From our career-focused leadership conferences to our alumni service program, the National Student Leadership Conference is committed to preparing today's exceptional high school students to serve their communities and the world. For more information on our career-focused leadership programs offered in 15 different career areas, visit nslcleaders.org or call 800-994-6752. 800-994-6752. Never be satisfied. Let that be a lesson you take away from Double Time with Double D, featuring businessman and former NFL star Dave Duerson. We'll talk about the NFL with special focuses on the game itself, and Double D will take your calls and answer your emails live on the show. It's not Football 101, but rather an in-depth look in the locker room, on the field, away from the field, and opening up the mind of the player. The program will also feature positive messages. So tune in to Double Time with Double D, Thursdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific, on the Voice America Sports Channel. Talk, talk, talk. That's all we do is talk. If you'd like to talk, call us toll-free right now at 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. That's it. That's it. VoiceAmerica.com. You're listening to The Gift with host Robert Pruitt. If you have a question or comment on today's show, please call in to the program at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to Robert at robertpruitt.com. Now, back to The Gift. Welcome back to The Gift with my special guest and friend, Pastor Chris Owens, who is my pastor. Um, And uh, we are wrapping this hour up, uh, wrapping this conversation up regarding, you know, um, spiritual integrity, uh, sharing our beliefs with others rather than uh, indicting others or, you know, necessarily pummeling people over the head with our belief, um, regardless of how strongly we believe. Mm. And when we left for the break, you were sharing with us the examples of Jesus going through the temple on Palm Sunday, and then you referenced Luke. I'd love for you to pick up from there. Yeah, you know, and, and the, the reason why I bring this up again is that a lot of Christians have used uh, Jesus' clearing of the temple as an example of, of righteous anger, um, which it was, um, and, and of course, you know, confrontation to justify their own confrontations with um, things that they see as as wrong or unjust or immoral um, or just not right. And there are certainly there are certainly times in which um, y- yes, we we need to step in and and 
um, and, and speak the truth. Um, I don't like to use the words impose our will as much as it is in, enlighten others to what God's will is. Um, and, and certainly, you know, like Glenda the Good Witch, you know, did that at the very end. You know, remember with Dorothy, she finally said, you know, just told her how to get home. Yep. So there, there was some you know, um, enlightening her of what the will and the way is. But back to Luke, um, you know, um, all the gospel writers, you know, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, tell the story of, of Jesus um, going into the, into the temple, um, which tells me that they all thought, uh, knew that this was a very significant thing that was happening. But Luke um, tells it in a, in a, he puts his own little spin on it, and he said that when, when Jesus was approaching um, Jerusalem and all the crowds were waving their, you know, the, the, the putting their palm branches and cloaks down on the ground and cheering him on and and uh, and singing to him. Um, that that Jesus was weeping, he was crying over the city, and that's something that we miss. Um, we, he wasn't caught up in the ju- in the jubilation as much as he was in his in his own world of of, of grief and mourning over the state of, of Jerusalem and what it what had happened to it and the fact that um they were so lost um that they couldn't understand what, what was coming to them. Um and so he approached um the temple with with a a, a love for them um, and, a, and a, such a deep, overwhelming love and concern for them um, that you know was mourning and a, and a time of celebration, and it was it was that was his motivation for what he then would do the next day in the temple of going in and and um, you know clearing out the the the, uh, all the tables and the and the and the sellers and the buyers and saying you know it is written my house will will be a house of prayer but you have made it a den of robbers and and all of that um, his 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 uh, actions were guided out of his deep, deep love for the people and his, and his concern for their love and their well-being. Um, and that's what motivated him. And, and uh, it wasn't him saying, you know, um, you need to be where I'm at morally and I'm going to get you there. It was not that at all. He, he wanted their well-being, and that's what... That's what uh, that's what uh, prompted him to do what he did, um, and so I, you know I take that whenever I whenever I'm in a position where I feel like I need to um, confront someone or something, and it's and I also keep in mind that it should not be that often. You know, um, I first ask myself, you know, I I don't just jump in with with. Uh, with two feet right away on my gut, you know. If I do that, I know I'm in trouble. Jesus didn't do that either. Um, he, you know, he he spent three years before he got to this place. <laughs> you know, um, he didn't. You know, I'm sure he felt the same way about Jerusalem that he had three years before. But it took him three years to get to this place. So it wasn't just a gut flying off the handle kind of a thing. Um, and and the other thing I I, I do is um, I, I you know I prepare myself and pray very much to make sure my heart's in the right place. Um, and then I realized that, you know, um, whatever I have to share, I can't, um, I'm, I'm, I'm there to share the truth, not manipulate the outcome. Hmm. Um, you know, Jesus still died on Friday. The people didn't listen. But that's not what his goal was. He wasn't trying to manipulate the situation as much as he was trying to give himself away. Um, and I really think that that's where it comes down for, for the rest of us. Um, when we, 
when we are trying to serve someone, and, and that comes in a variety of ways, whether we're um, coming into a place of mutuality or whether we're confronting on those rare occasions, you know, the goal is to give ourselves away, um, to give what God has created us to be away, um, you know, and, and, and to do that um, because we love the other person that much and we love God that much. Um, and that's a very, you know, just the tone of that's a very different motivation in place than where a lot of people, than, than you know, <laughs> than what we hear is the common grounds for what people, why they do what they do, you know? Right. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's uh, huge. And I, and I was just sitting with, it uh, reinforces why the title of this radio show is called The Gift. Mm-hmm. Um, because it recognizes that each one of us is a gift. We may not see that, mm-hmm. um, but when we share, well, there, again, there's a distinction between imposing and sharing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and and so I think a lot of times, because we don't like ourselves or we don't know who we are, mm-hmm. it makes it hard when we are walking with a higher power for us to really see that we can do any good. That's right. And the people that we encounter are mirrors of ourselves, and we want so... I know I have wanted so badly for somebody to get it, and I, you know, I finally got clear years ago, but you know, within recent years, that I really can't do more for somebody than they're willing to do for themselves. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Jesus is a prime example of that. Mm-hmm. You know, he would tell you, go and prepare a table or tell them that I'm coming, but I need them to do dot, dot, dot. There mm-hmm. has to be a commitment on the other end. Mm-hmm. And so when you spoke earlier of listening, uh, you know, there's a, a, a percentage that I give when I'm talking about how you enroll, have an enrollment conversation with somebody where they get clear on, their vision, find out what's at stake for them by being in relationship with you, and then they commit. You know, it's what schools do. They enroll you in the school. Right. Here's what we offer. You look at it relative to where you want to be in your life, and then you make the decision. Mm-hmm. And it's an invitation that is extended, and that invitation really can only come when we feel good about who we are, know who we are. Um, and I think sometimes our relationship with, I know my relationship with God can be so tenuous on occasions because I can be so hard-headed and oh, yeah. and fearful because it's all fear-based. And so then I want to do what I want to do, when I want to do it and how I want to do it. And that is, you know, there's a, there's a lack of regard. So the percentage that I was speaking about is 80-20. It says 80% of the time we should be listening, 20% mm. of the time speaking. That's right. And, and how that makes a difference. Look, let, me, right. let me ask this. Uh, what closing thoughts do you have? And then give us your contact info, because we only have three minutes remaining, and oh I want to make sure people can get in touch with you. You know, I, I, I think that it all begins when we know, uh, we know who we are. We know that we are, a, we are a created being. And, you know, if you think of any creation, every creation is it there for a purpose. And so... With the more in touch we are with 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 God, our Creator, and and the purpose that God has for our lives, the more authentic we are 
to to the world around us and um, and its authenticity that that the world is hungering for, especially from people who are quote unquote religious. They don't see the authenticity and a lot of the times because we don't we don't have it. Um, so. And that also gives us the freedom then to look at um, other people as the gift to us, um, you know, and, 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 and an opportunity for us to be, to be blessed as well. Um, so, you know, and, and again, that's a very different, uh, very different place than where, than where people expect religious people to be, that we're all going out um, trying to uh, manipulate or coerce or, <laughs> or, 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 or to um, get people on our side or in our club, and that's not the way it is at all. Um, that's not what Jesus ever did. Um, he went out to give himself away because he knew who he was, he knew what he had to offer, and he was willing to do anything at all to give it away to those who would receive him, and not everyone has, and that's okay. Um, uh, that's that's not that wasn't the goal. Um, he gave himself away to whomever would receive, um, uh, and that's I. I think that as long as we hold that attitude um, with ourselves and and with the world, that's going to put us on a very different place um, uh, with with lots of different people, um, and and that's good for us and it's good for the world. It, it, it's a mutual blessing. Well, let me let me interrupt because we have about forty five seconds. Anybody that wants to contact you, how can they do that? They can contact me at uh, Pastor Chris at fumcl dot org. Um, they can also find me on Facebook. If you go to facebook dot com and put Chris dot Owens, you'll find me there, and just send me a friend request and let me know uh, that you heard me on the show, and that way I I know you're a real person. <laughs> and uh, or you can find me on my blog. That's uh, pastorchrisowens dot wordpress dot com. Pastor Chris, thank you so much for sharing your time with thank us. Thank you, Robert, for having me. This has been this has been awesome. I hope we get to do this some more. Absolutely. Again. Uh, you all are listening to The Gift. This is a pre-recorded show, but you can always use the contact information to reach either of us. Uh, it is my prayer that you will take time to get to know who you are and what you have to offer because it makes it easier for you to see the loving essence in others. Have a great week. We can all know everything without ever It's in every one of us by and You've been listening to The Gift. Join your host, Robert Pruitt, again next Saturday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Thank you again for spending part of your weekend with us.